It's Saturday night. The kids are in bed. Which means we did it. We survived another week. So let's talk about it. From our latest homebrew project. To kids crafting projects. It's just talking life with two young kids and two dogs. Grab your favorite beverage. Sit back. Relax. And see where the conversation takes us. Sometimes we don't even know until we get there. This is the Craft Parenting Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of the Craft Parenting Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Joe Ludwig and with me is my lovely wife and co-host, Caroline. How's it going, Caroline? Pretty good. Pretty tired after our long, normal length weekend, but overall we're doing good. We have a child who literally just woke up, potentially. Why did you say that? He's fussing. He's mildly fussing. You had to say the W word, so now he's going to be you. And I'm going to have to deal with it. That's our executive producer giving us notes. Telling you to speed it up. It's past his bedtime. The weekend was fine. Don't sound so excited about it. Well, yeah, the weekend was fun. I mean, it was it was fun. We went to the family farm. This time with our friends. Yes. In this week's episode, we are going to talk all about the family farm and what it is and why it is and everything about it. All of our experiences there. But before we get to that, let's talk about the previous week. Sweet. We did have a wild and crazy week as well. So... Every year, we have the opportunity, whether or not we get to, kind of depends on ticket availability and what everyone else in Joe's family is deciding to do. We can potentially go to Kings Island for PNG Day. Historically, Joe and myself would go together and ride just about every ride in the park that we could get on, which would sometimes include things in Kittyland, like the Beastie, or I think it's called the Woodstock Express now. But this year, we got to take Lily with us. We did. And she is right before PNG day she went to the doctor where they said that she was 36 and a quarter inches tall which is the minimum for almost every ride yeah lots of rides have a minimum height requirement of 36 inches and lily just fit which was good because that meant that we were able to do more things though really all lily cared about was the carousel so the first thing we did was ride the great pumpkin coaster which is the kitty land like two little bumps It's a gateway coaster. It is very much a gateway coaster. And uh, my mom said that I rode it when I was 18 months old, but I was not 36 inches when I was 18 months old. So (laughs) the height requirement must be somewhat new. Or your mom is not remembering correctly. No, mom said that I giggled and giggled and giggled. And it would not surprise me if there used to not be a height requirement for that ride. I rode with Lily. We had to wait a while because it only has like, six cars and pretty much everybody in kitty land wanted to ride it and we we had lily watch the coaster she seemed kind of interested but mostly perplexed very pensive she can be at times and 
and we get her onto the ride, buckle her in. She's a little confused by the whole thing. She's definitely the youngest kid riding the ride because she is the least communicative of all of the kids on the ride. She doesn't have a whole lot of words. I mean, now she has a ton of words and that was like seven days ago. Homegirl gets like five new words a day. We strap in and I'm like, okay, sweet. Lily, this is going to be so much fun. We're going to have a blast. And all the big kids put their hands up. So Lily puts her hands up too. Because, <laughs> oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. And we go clickety clack up the little hill because it's big enough where it has a chain. And we go, woo. And we go down the hill and around. And Lily's just kind of like, she still has her arms up in the air, but she's just kind of taking it all in. Like no, just blank mask of a face. I cannot tell what's going on. <laughs> behind her little like in her brain and because the ride is so small you go around twice so we start to go up the hill again and I look at Lily and I'm like um do you look okay you kind of look like you're on the verge of a freak out but don't know it yet (laughs) what's the rest of this ride gonna look like but she stayed quiet she stayed chill And then the ride ended and I looked at her and I was like, was that fun? And she said, fun, fun. (laughs) And then as soon as I unbuckled her, she ran off the ride and ran right to you. Unfortunately, the picture didn't really turn out that great. There was a giant shadow. So it was really hard to see her face. So next time we will get a photo with her, hopefully. But then we explored more of Kitty Land. She rode Linus's Beetle Bugs, which is like a very mini version of the Scrambler. She fit the height requirement, but I don't think she was mentally prepared for that ride because the ride whips you around that's one where she has to ride by herself so the minimum height requirement is 36 inches which lily just barely fits in but the maximum height requirement is 54 inches which all of us are taller than (laughs) so lily has to ride it on her own and she did really good for riding it on her own And I think maybe if it had been a slightly bigger ride, I want to say some of the other versions of it have more cars. So the oval is a little bit longer. She might have been a bit better, but the cars whip around an oval. So they stay at the same pace. But when they go through that curve, it like super whips you around. Yeah. And she she was the only one in the car. So she moved significantly. Yeah. And it was like every time she would get her bearings, it would whip her again. (laughs) And she'd be like, whoa. And I'm like, oh no, this is the ride where we're going to have a freak out. Fortunately, there were no freak out, but I don't think she was a super huge fan of that ride. Maybe next year she'll be a bit more into it. So we rode some rides in Kitty Land, got lunch, went to the antique cars because those are the new thing now. And like those were a thing when I was a kid, but they brought them back, which people had very mixed feelings about. They got rid of them and then they brought it back. Yeah. Because it used to be where Italian job was. Yeah, and I feel like the track used to be bigger, but that could just be nine-year-old me remembering it differently. No, I think it was bigger. I want to say there were like trees in the course too, so you couldn't necessarily see like all parts of the course at the same time. Yeah, I think it went over by the the Eiffel Tower, if I'm not mistaken, like where that clock is. Uh, Yeah, maybe. I mean, the clock has always been there, but I think it went near where that clock was. Yeah, so we rode that and then we split up. Jenna and Lily went to ride the carousel and then go back to Kitty Land so Joe and myself could go ride Orion, which is the newest coaster in Kings Island. And it is a giga coaster, mm-hmm. which means it's really tall and goes really fast and some other things. I have a blog post about our trip to Kings Island that you can read where it goes. We at least provide a link to what Orion is. So Orion is one of seven giga roller coasters in the world. It's the longest 
steel roller coaster in the park and can reach speeds of 91 miles an hour. It goes fast, but it's very smooth. I like it. We rode it twice because the line is never going to be that short any other time we go to Kings Island until this coaster is like 10 years old. Because the nice thing about PNG Day is that pretty much everybody that goes has small children. So Kitty Land is a hot mess. But the rest of the park is very short lines. Yeah, I mean, we... We waited in line. It was like a maybe 10 minute wait. Yeah, maybe a 10 minute wait both times. Which if you go in a normal day, like during the summer, that's unheard of. Yeah. like Not that I've ever done that before. <laughs> I mean, but I've heard I've heard stories from people since I started dating you and going to PNG Day with you. I have never waited in a full length line at Kings Island because I don't go to Kings Island during the regular season. But Kings Island's nice. Maybe we'll go a few times this year since the kids will be a bit bigger. Lily would probably get a kick out of it. Elliot stayed home with my mom and dad. Yep. Lily rode the carousel five times while we rode some adult roller coasters. And then we met up to go home because Lily was very tired but did not want to go to sleep. Yeah, we were stretching her nap time. I mean, it was two o'clock by the time we met back up with Jenna. Because after Orion, we rode Orion twice. Yep. Then we went over to the Beast. So we could ride the Beast in the front row. And the Beast is the longest wooden roller coaster in the world. Yes. And it, it is the complete opposite of Orion. It is, you feel like you're you're in a blunder. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a good coaster, though. It was so much fun. <laughs> I didn't like it as much, that ride. I'm a bit bigger than you. You are? But no, it was, fu- it was fun. The Beast is a good roller coaster. We didn't ride any other roller coasters, though, like we usually do, because, like you said... Lily li- nap time. Lily's nap time was getting stretched, and I could feel a meltdown coming. She did not have a meltdown. I was surprised, though. Yeah, because we brought the wagon. We didn't bring a stroller, because we can put more stuff in the wagon. But Lily can't nap in the wagon, whereas Lily could have napped, potentially, in a stroller. So if we wanted to commit to the be there all day, Lily takes a nap in her stroller while Aunt Jenna like hangs out in some air conditioned or very shady spot. We could have done that. I don't know that Lily would have. Yeah. So we're not sure that Lily would have napped well and we didn't necessarily want to stay there all day anyway. It was a very warm day and... We were just kind of like, okay, we we rode the things that we for sure wanted to ride. Now it's time to go home. Yeah. But King's Island Day was fun. It was fun to actually get out of the house and do something kind of normal. Yeah. And it wasn't too crowded, which was nice because it's PNG Day. But we had to rush home and Lily napped in the car on the way home. It's about a 45 minute drive. Yeah. She didn't get a huge nap, but she did nap at least 45 minutes. So we drove to my mom and dad's house. We picked up Elliot and then we came back here to our house to prepare for the carpet people to come. Yep. Because all day on Saturday, we had started to prep for the carpet people coming. And then on Sunday, we're like, okay, we need to do our final push of clearing out what we can from the bedrooms so that they will be ready to get new carpet. And they just needed us to 
clear up, you know, all the everything in the closets that was on the floor, which we did. It was mostly just small stuff. Yeah. So like dressers and their beds could stay, but everything on top of the dressers, everything on top of the dressers had to go. Yeah. Any kind of end tables had to go if possible. I mean, we did what we could. We definitely could could have done more if we didn't have two small children, but also if we didn't have two small children, we would have had a lot less stuff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we finished house prep on Sunday and... Just for the upstairs. Yeah, just for the upstairs. And I was like semi-panicking Sunday night because I had expected on Friday or sometime over the weekend to get a phone call saying, hey, friendly reminder, we're showing up at your house on Monday to install your carpet. Like, make sure you clean up your ish. And I didn't get anything. And I drive to work Monday morning and I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure they're going to install carpet today. And But then when I I finally got to work at like 8.30. They call and they're like, hey, finally got all your carpet loaded up. We'll be at your house in 15 minutes. And I was like, okay, sweet, good. I have confirmation that all of that work was not in vain. The <laughs> calendar was set up right. Yeah. We're getting new carpet. So we switched up the schedule so that I brought the kids over to my mom's house. So while you were getting a call from them, I was, you know, 15 minutes away dropping off the kids. Still in the process of dropping off the kids. You hadn't even started to make your way back home yet. Yeah. So they they, they, they beat me here to the house. But, but it was fine because my mom was here. But your mom was here to let them in, which is good. I don't think they were here for very long. They probably weren't. They managed to get Lily and Elliot's rooms and the hallway done. Yes. Which the hallway was probably the hardest part because we have a little landing. Mm-hmm. So they had to get everything on the landing just right. And, and then they, they did the steps too. Oh yeah, and they did the steps. Yeah. And then on then Monday night, we had to move a bunch of stuff around so they could install carpet in our bedroom and the living room and the dining room. Yeah, and... We were, I was kind of panicking because they started putting the toe strips down. Yeah, they had put the toe strips down in our bedroom, but they did not install any carpet. So we just had exposed toe strips all over our bedroom. So we're like, children, stay out of mommy and daddy's room. Yeah, and I'm not sure if we said this before, but the, our upstairs used to have, so a year, I think it was a year ago, I tore up the carpet in the hallway, our bed bedroom and then Lily's and Lily's current bedroom and Elliot's current bedroom already had wood floor so I already previous we already previously tore up that carpet so most of the upstairs was carpet free so they didn't really they didn't really have to do a whole lot they did have to put down the toe strips and I think we had like a little border yeah there was a quarter round a quarter round yeah a quarter round in all three rooms well not in our room but in the two bedrooms so they had to take that out put the toe strips down and then put the carpet down so yeah that, that was the easy part the hard part was the downstairs which has a couch and tables and the kitchen table yeah well they took our bed apart they also took the couch apart because while they finished up the master bedroom on tuesday they did the living room and then once they had the living room finished they did the dining room and so they had to move everything just cram it into a small portion of our house joe sent me photos and the house was a bit of a hot mess but it looks really good now and it's super comfy the kids love it monday night when we brought the kids home 
Lily was just running circles in her room and Elliot's room and then just constantly falling down to lay on the carpet. So she's a fan. She really likes it, yeah. Yep. (laughs) So Wednesday, we had a date night and we went to Listerman's Trail House to get pizza. It was really tasty. I'm very glad that we went. It was a bit of a hike for us because we do not like leaving our little bubble on weeknights if we can avoid it, but it was definitely worth the trip. Yeah, we've never been before. It's a fairly new establishment. Yeah. So originally Listerman was going to do a authentic German style like beer house in Over the Rhine. There's a recent episode of the Cincy Brewcast where they bring the Listerman crew on and they talk all about their original plans. They were going to have this really nice beer house down in Over the Rhine. It was going to be a 10 year lease. They were going to gain all of this production space because it was going to be some big space that they could throw some fermenters in. And then COVID hit before they signed anything. And people didn't go downtown as much because people would go downtown to work and then hang out for a bit. Well, now people aren't doing that. People are staying more in the suburbs and oh yeah, this is a 10 year lease. That's really hard to get out of. So a space opened up. It's like maybe half a mile. I think it's really like a quarter mile away from their main location. It's super close. You can see Listerman from the Listerman Trailhouse. Like if I was good at sports ball, I could maybe throw a ball Uh, I don't know. I'm really bad at sports ball. I don't think you could. (laughs) I don't think Tom Brady could, to be fair. I don't think it's that close. But they have really yummy pizza and they have a semi-well-stocked bar. They've got a ton of Listerman beers on draft. We'll have to go out there again with the kids because I think the kids will like it too. Yeah, it was really good pizza. I don't know if I can compare it to the Tasperporium pizza though. They're definitely different. They're both wood-fired or at least like brick oven cooked but different like i don't necessarily well yeah they're like different flavors of pizza yeah so i mean i like them both i'll still go to both of them i think taft is closer but i mean it's that's still hike yeah it's well yeah taft's is definitely closer because it's right off the highway as opposed to listerman trailhouse which you kind of have to drive to but it's still good yeah and i enjoyed it i mean i hope they do well I wish them well. When we went, it was rainy. Yeah. Traditionally, I used to work at a pizzeria. When it rained, everyone orders pizza or goes out to get pizza when it rains. What else am I supposed to do? This was not the case on this particular night. No, it wasn't super busy, but that was okay. So I hope they do well. It's a very modern space. I was very impressed. Yeah. So Thursday, we super packed so we could be ready for our adventure because on Friday we loaded up the van and then we put the dogs in the van and then we picked up the kids from your parents house and we drove an hour and a half into the middle of nowhere (laughs) to hang out with our friends. Historically in the fall we have the cabin in the woods on the farm that is not surrounded by woods. No. (laughs) But the cabin in the woods is a horror movie or like a we'll go with horror movie because I don't know exactly what the classification is. And so a play on that Because we go in the fall, we act like it's all spooky. The first year that we did it, the power went out (laughs) on our way up to the farm. We're going to talk about that later. Okay. So historically, we go in the fall time. And this was going to be our last hurrah to go with our friends. So everybody was super excited. The kids were so out of their routine because we didn't get to the farm until eight. Well, also, we weren't set up for success. Elliot napped 
at my mom's house. Yeah. So Elliot fell asleep at Joe's mom's house like 10 minutes before we came to pick him up. Yeah. So he did not go back to sleep in the van. He missed his second nap. He was a grumpy bear. He was in this weird Halloween outfit that my mom put him in. It had a hood. And it was long sleeved. And Elliot gets warm. As we discussed previously many times on this podcast, Elliot is a February baby. He likes the cold. He does not like getting warm. And when I got Elliot out of his car seat, he was a bit too warm. Let's put it that way. So I had made some chicken goulash in the crock pot. So that had been cooking all day, but I still had to make some noodles to go with it. So as we were unloading the van and trying to keep an eye on the children in a non-child proofed house, I was also trying to make sides for dinner so that as soon as our friends showed up or even before our friends showed up because small children, we could eat dinner. Yeah, the first part of that night was chaos. (laughs) I mean, all of that night was chaos. So then we go to put Elliot, like we assemble the pack and plays. We get the baby monitors and the noise machine set up. We're like, okay, time to go to bed. And Elliot's like, nope, no, thank you. I know go to sleep. Oh, wait, I go to sleep on your chest. Ooh, this is so nice. As soon as you put him in the pack and play or just get him close to the pack and play screaming yeah he was i've never seen him like that before no he's usually a pretty good baby when it comes to going down to sleep like naps or at night he was a grumpy baby he eventually went to sleep but i think he had been sleeping on your chest for like half an hour before so he was like out out in order to get him to go down and then lily wasn't as bad but she was pretty similar as far as she didn't want to really go to bed either yeah they they woke up a couple times that night yeah they both woke up in the middle of the night everyone survived (laughs) everyone has lived to tell the tale there were a few touch and go moments there we did not get a lot of sleep yeah and then we had the master bedroom, quote, quote, which does not have a fan. Nope. Like a ceiling fan. It does have a ceiling fan. It does not have a working ceiling fan. Yeah. So the kids didn't really like that either because they're used to sleeping with fan. Elliot would wake up and he would wake Lily up. Then we would finally get them both down. And then Clara would get up and then shake, 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 shake. And then Zoe would get up and they would just all wake each other up. Well, no, the kids slept through the dogs making noise because they're used to the dog, though. They did okay together. But I just, I mean, Elliot woke Lily up. Lily woke the dogs up. Yeah. And we were up for everyone. (laughs) Yeah. So we had yummy breakfast Saturday morning. Eventually our friends woke up to enjoy that breakfast with us. We went on multiple walks around the farm grounds. The kids got to get their pictures taken on various farm equipment with your father because he drove up that weekend to meet with the potential buyers and give them a mini tour of the property so they would kind of know what they were getting into. Hillary, Stephen, and I went to get coffee. Oh, yeah. You guys abandoned us. It was going to be, it was supposed to be the kids' nap times. And Elliot actually went down, it was Elliot's nap time. And he actually went down for a nap. Okay. After you guys left, your dad showed up. So Elliot, Lily, Kim, and myself went for a walk to go say hi to your dad. And Lily was just yelling, Opa, Opa, as she was running down the driveway to go say hi to him. And then I got Elliot down for a nap. Lily got a snack. 
And then you guys eventually showed up. And then Elliot woke up and we all said hi. Got pictures with the farm equipment. Ran the dogs around a bunch. Threw the dogs in the basement so we could put the kids down for naps. And then you hung out in the house while we walked the dogs around the back pond to be out of the way when the new owners were going to walk through. Because they wanted to see the house. Yeah, it was a f- it was a fun weekend, but I don't think we gamed at all, did we? We did. No, yeah, you did. I did. <laughs> Cuz Friday night we just talked. Saturday night after dinner, the kids decided to be jerks about going to bed again. But they weren't as much of jerks as they were Friday night. But you were also super tired. Well, they were. It took a, took me a while to get him to sleep. Elliot was being more of a jerk than Lily was. Oh, yeah. That was the case on <laughs> Friday, too. Because Lily went right to bed on Friday. Oh, maybe. I don't think that she went right to bed, but... Pretty close. It wasn't Elliot, which I had to put him on my chest <laughs> for a half hour or whatever. Yeah. So, but I had asked you, okay, once you put Elliot down, are you going to come out and hang out or are you going to go to bed? And you were like, I go bed. So we played a cooperative game where we had to help people figure out what word was in front of them without using that word. And then, and it was all written stuff. So everybody got to write it. I think it was called like just one or something like that. So everybody could write down one word. But like if the word was hike and well, like we always go hiking with our dogs. So if you wrote dog in hopes that like I would write forest or something like that. But then I also wrote dog. Whoever it was that was trying to figure out what word they had would wouldn't be able to see our clue. So I had one time where I was supposed to be guessing what the word in front of me was. Stephen and Hillary wrote down the same word and Kim and Tony wrote down the same word. So I had zero options. So I couldn't even make a guess at what the word was. But it was a fun game. We played two, like two sets of that game. And then we talked a bunch. We impromptu broke into Chop Suey, which was like a weird throwback. We were trying to get Stephen to guess the word Elvis and it was not working out. And Hillary told Stephen to wake up, like open your eyes. And this, like to us, it was all super obvious at this point. We're like, we can't give you any better clues than this. And then Tony and myself started singing Chop Suey, which I'm not sure Kim had ever really heard before because she was like, what's going on? Or like, I know this song, but I do not know the words, especially not as well as you two do. So you missed out on that. Oh, darn. (laughs) And then Sunday morning, Tony made breakfast. He made these really yummy, like, mini puff pastry breakfast egg tomato things. Egg, tomato, and I think ham, right? Yeah. And cheese. It was really good. And now I need to buy puff pastry so I can make us breakfast things with it. It was good. I am inspired. I am also tired though, so we'll see how this works out. (laughs) I think we pretty much covered this week. Yep. So now it is time for what's bugging Caroline in children's TV. Caroline, do tell. What is bugging you? So a few weeks ago, I teased my frustration at Winnie the Pooh at the beginning of an episode and then used something completely different for my what's bugging Caroline in children's TV. So we're going to circle back to Winnie the Pooh and talk about how Owl is a trash person. A little harsh. (laughs) He's not even a person. He's an owl. Okay, but he's still trash. (laughs) Because he acts like he's better than everyone else. It's very savage. He pretends like he understands things better than he actually does. 
Is this the Mickey Mouse version of Al or the book version? I'm pretty sure it's fairly consistent in both, but at the very least, it's the Mickey Mouse version. Because, like, in the Winnie the Pooh movie, like the modern one, where Zoe Deschanel, aka the new girl, yeah, new girl, and she's the chick in Elf, where she sings like the whole soundtrack of Winnie the Pooh, yeah, of Winnie the Pooh, not Elf. Christopher Robin leaves a note for the gang that says, Gone, busy, back soon but owl reads it as baxon like baxon all one word and they make up this mythical beast and they go on this giant quest to find and kill this mythical beast because it has christopher robin i don't think that okay they want to trap him you want to find him and trap him so they can get christopher robin back and like okay there wouldn't be a plot to the movie if owl wasn't just a trash person (laughs) but admit your mistakes Like, or say, you don't know. So also, here's the other big part of the movie that super bugs me, like, with Owl and his whole, like, personality. So Eeyore's tail goes missing at the beginning of the movie. And so part of the plot is them trying to find a replacement for Eeyore's tail. And Pooh, at the end of the movie, goes to talk to Owl. And he's about to knock on Owl's door and he sees a note that says, ring bell. So he goes to ring the bell and it's a pool cord that looks an awful lot like Eeyore's freaking tail because he wasn't paying enough attention because Owl was in his own little la la universe and took Eeyore's tail off of his butt. (laughs) He's like, oh, this would be the perfect pool cord. Why didn't I notice that it was attached to my most favorite depressed friend? Like, it's Eeyore's tail. Why did you take it? You are just not a great person on a whole. I don't like him. I mean, I love his love for books, but that's about it. Are you done? Owl is trash. (laughs) End of discussion. (laughs) All right. See, you have some liquid in front of you of an adult variety. I do, and it's the same as yours. What we drinking, boo? We are drinking an Irish red from Brink Brewing Company in College Hill, and it is called Dublin Time Irish Red Red Ale. (laughs) So we actually picked this up on Sunday to extend Lily's nap on the way home from Kings Island. I picked up tacos while Joe picked up beer because... I mean, we try to get beer from Brink whenever we can because it's also delicious. It was technically on the way home, but I mean, we didn't have to go that way. I mean, technically anything's on the way home. It's just <laughs> a matter of when and how you're getting home. And when I, when I say home, I mean my, my mom and dad's house where Elliot was. Yeah, we did have to pick up the other child. The ABV is 4.9%. It did not list any IBUs. So the the description is this, is the following. Easy drinking to red ale with soft caramel to toffee malt sweetness, hinting at light toast and biscuit notes. No noticeable hop characteristics or yeast profile. Beer flavored beer. 
I'm not really sure what that means, but it is delicious. I love me an Irish red. Mm, beer flavored beer. Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't entirely understand either. It's yummy. I would drink it again. We can go get us another crowler of it the next time we're out that way. Maybe. They probably won't have it anymore. We can get it next year or around St. Patrick's Day. No, I think they have it. It's on their menu. I mean, if we go this week, they'll have it. I don't know about next week. I think I did, when I was looking up the Brinktoberfest, well, when I was on there for producing or whatever, I looked at I looked for our Brinktoberfest and it wasn't on the menu anymore. Well, they try to get rid of Oktoberfest beers, well, at least like super seasonal beers as quick as they can. Once the season passes, they're like, oh, what are we going to do with all this? I don't know. They had the candy. Oh, pillow, Kelly's Pillowcase Candy. Kelly's Pillowcase Candy Stout. That's like an October Halloween themed. And they had that for well into December, I feel like, one year. Yeah. Not that I go there very often, but these days with two kids. But no, but this is a good one. I mean, we say that about the lot, a lot of the beers that we drink. We're also semi-choosy about the beers that we drink and we're also really big fans of Brink. We were super bummed their opening weekend when we couldn't go because they had sold out of beer. Yeah, I remember that. They opened on uh, when the year that they opened, it was President's Day weekend and they opened on a Sunday. Yeah, and we were like going to go on Monday because we had the day off work and we were getting ready to like plan out going with Tony. And then we're like, oh, wait, never mind. They ran out of beer. (laughs) They'll be open in two weeks because they have to brew more. Yeah, that was a crazy weekend. Mm -hmm. They they literally... They drink all the beer. Yeah. Um, All right. So cheers to the weekend and Lord help us on the week ahead because starting tomorrow, we are going to have to do it all over again. More crazy adventures are ahead and we will make sure to share them with you each week right here on the Craft Parenting Podcast. So now on to our main topic, which is all about, as we call it, Meadowbrook Ranch. Yep. This is my family's farm. Located in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. Yes. Out east. Yes, it is about 90 minutes away. The nearest grocery store is 25 minutes away in one direction. From the house, yeah. So it's out there. So what is Meadowbrook Ranch? I don't even know where that name came from. Do you? Um, Either your opa named it or it came with that name and he didn't change it. But I don't know. I don't remember ever hearing a story of how Meadowbrook Ranch, the name, came to be. I don't know. We always called it the farm. So my grandfather... My opa, my dad's dad, he was born in Hotsville, Romania in the 1930s. We talk about this in, an, in the Donald Robin Day. Well, I, I did a blog post about it, and I think we briefly touched on it in a previous episode as well. But here's the very quick Cliff Floats version. His family, his dad, and his mom, they were farmers. They had land in Ro- present-day Romania. World War II happened allies allied forces u.s britain etc they invaded europe from the west russia invaded from the east you don't want to meet the russians the russians are bad they literally raped and pillaged my grandpa's family fled with 
just whatever they could carry. Yeah, they just left their their land, their house, their belongings, their, I'm assuming their livestock as well. Yeah. They left in the middle of the night because the Russians were coming. And the following five years, World War II ended. They had, they were relocated into a worker camp, refugee camp, whatever you want to call it. He eventually came over to the States. He became a U.S. citizen, started a family. Fast forward to 1989, the year I was born. When all became right with the world. (laughs) Fast forward to 1989. My grandfather, my opa, he worked at Cincinnati Millicron. Millicron was going through hard times and he was 55 years old. So they're like, hey, Joe, my grandfather, you can retire early if you, and we'll pay you to. We'll pay you to retire early. So he's and like, maybe can you push some buttons in this button factory while you're at it? <laughs> and so my grandfather retired early, took a package, and then they rehired him as a contractor for like double the money or whatever because that's what companies that's what they did back do. That, in the that's day. what companies do i guess they, they, they kick out all their old people quote, and then they quote, bring them back in and they bring them back as contractors but my grandfather was has always wanted to be a farmer so he took that opportunity well i mean there was still a lot of heartburn about we had this giant family farm technically you or your father could make claim to it because they never sold it it just kind of got seized so his big thing was he wanted to to get quote unquote his land back even though it wasn't over in Romania. Well, Romania was communist. Yeah. They, they were part of the Soviet Union. And I, I read some crazy stuff about Romania that happened in my lifetime. They Well, my first Christmas, they executed their leader and his wife in 1989, the communist leader. Crazy stuff that I had no idea about. But um, but yeah, to your point, he, was, he wanted his farmland back. So he literally spent his retirement on land in middle of nowhere ohio and it has quite a few acres he got some cows he eventually installed indoor plumbing yes so when he bought the land it was i think a and my mom can correct me if she wants to because i know she listens I believe it was a turkey farm and they were turkeys sound familiar and they were going bankrupt or they were foreclosed on so he got it for relatively cheap and I don't exactly know what was out there but I know that they had two silos and two barns three I well I actually I don't know what structures he built out there so no, I'm pretty sure the barns and the silos were were there yeah so it had the main barn a back hay barn and there's a garage. Yeah, a giant pole barn, a small pole barn, and three silos. Yeah, he went out there. He got the cattle. I think they. My dad said that my mom was pregnant with me when he bought it, and there was no plumbing. Yeah, there was an outhouse, basically and... an outhouse that she had to squat in. Uh, later, I think they built. I guess the milk house was there. Yeah, he added plumbing to the milk house. And somehow they added 
like plumbing, water, and stuff to the milk house, which is like a mini house attached to the barn. And it was basically the size of an apartment. It had like a bedroom and a kitchen area. Yeah. Maybe an office. Were there two rooms or one room? I don't remember. There were two rooms. So an office, a bedroom, and a kitchen area. Yeah. Eventually, in the early 90s, my brother was was born at this point, and my cousin was also born. They decided to build a house, like a ranch. Well, the family was getting bigger in order to spend time out there definitely needed more structure than that milk house to spend anything more than like a day out there. And really that milk house is not big enough for your whole huge family. Yeah, I don't know that they what they did out there when, you know, before that house, but they built the house. They didn't hire. I mean, they did. I'm sure they did. I don't know to what extent they hired out, but I'm pretty sure my my grand my opa was, well, he was as you like to say, he was thrifty. Is that the word? Uh, thrifty's the nice way of putting it. Yes. He likes to do things himself. Stubborn. <laughs> Those are all words that describe him. They didn't, like your mom and and Larry, they're building a house, a brand new house, Mm -hmm. but they're hiring a company to do it, Ryan Homes. Yeah, they're using a builder. I mean, they're also building in a neighborhood, but but like it's a brand new, it's a new build neighborhood. Yeah, so we, my my family, pretty sure that they might have like hired someone to backhoe the land, make sure it was... Like your opa piecemealed out what he hired people to help with. Yeah. So like people helped pour the foundation. I think he had different people help frame. He had some guys come out to help drywall. I think he had people come out to install the roof too, but a lot of it was done. We know a a bunch of bricklayers, like personally. So I'm sure, I don't know for sure, but I'm I'm guessing that they helped as well. I'm pretty sure. You know, I think dad said that he hired someone to do the drywall. Yeah, because drywall is not fun. But I'm pretty sure they did the electric because my dad, he does do electric electric work like he knows how to do it and he can do it in his sleep even back then so the family built the house the family also furnished the house so every piece of furniture in that house has a story right and it hasn't changed ever we've added to it but like nothing's ever gone away yeah so that's go through the house very quickly so there's a long gravel driveway first so it's a long gravel driveway there are two fields on either side of the driveway and there are trees along the drive too and immediately to the right there's a pond and that's where the dogs like to swim and when i was younger that's where my cousins and i used to swim as well and then there, there's the house on the left, and it's a pretty decent-sized house. Three bedrooms, three and a half baths. Right. But we had a big family. So you go into the door that's... And this this house also had three porches, as you were alluding to. There was the side porch. Which is the main porch that we would use. The side porch, which faces out towards the fields. We're facing... Oh, the faces the main road? Yes. Oh, that's the one where we play beer pong. Correct. So that's a side porch. And then the front door, there's a big porch as well. It's a long porch. And the other side, there's like a mini porch as well. So you will go into the main door and right away there's the main sitting room. With a TV? Yeah, it has a TV and a fireplace. Two couches and there used to be pictures of the entire family. And your favorite picture was this big framed picture. It was a huge picture. And like this 
picture was from 1995. Yeah, so maybe? it had to have been like super expensive because I don't because you couldn't just like go to Walgreens and get this thing printed or like order it online. No, you had to pick out your negative from your camera that you wanted to get blown up to like a 24 by 36 inch photo. Yeah, so it was a picture of me, my two cousins, three cousins, I guess, right? Yeah, because Eric and Josh were in it, but Kelly and Jenna were not in the original photo. Uh-huh. But at some point later on down the line, a school photo of Kelly and a school photo of Jenna were taped to the original photo. Just floating above everyone's heads. Yeah, just kind of like floating off in space. And then eventually the great grandkids came into the picture. So they started adding in floating pictures of the great grandkids. I don't think Elliot or Lily made it up there. Elliot and Lily never made it in. I always would forget to bring a photo out to the farm. Yeah. Whenever we went out there with Lily. But I mean. But it's a picture of us at the Donauschwaben. In all of your German garb. In our, yeah. The sense, yeah. In our German costumes. And it was, I couldn't have been more than second grade, first grade. Yeah, y'all were pretty young. Yeah, it was was pretty young. And then also in that room are the sitting chairs that used to be in your parents' house. So whenever I would send your mom photos of us at the farm with Lily in one of those chairs, she'd be like... I used to rock my little Joey in that chair. (laughs) And so I've got a really cute photo of Lily in one chair and Elliot in the other laughing and giggling at each other. They're pretty cute. And then right behind that room is the the kitchen, the dining room, and then the kitchen. Yeah. It's a decent kitchen. I mean, lots of cabinets. Yeah, there's lots of cabinet space, tons of pantry space. Like, it's a good kitchen. All of the appliances are very old. I am, I was very pleasantly surprised that the microwave worked the last time we went out there because I'm like this microwave might be about as old as me but it also only gets used like maybe five times a year at this point yeah yeah it's very possible I don't think we've ever replaced the oven there's a dishwasher out there yeah which I have never used but it works because Lily accidentally turned it on one of the times we went out there yeah I don't understand why we put a dishwasher out there I don't know. I don't ever remember using it. Like, why did we... I always remember washing the dishes, but I could be mistaken in that. There's also a refrigerator. Like I said, I don't think any of those appliances have been replaced. No, and they were probably like, Ann and Kevin got a new fridge, so we're just going to send the old fridge out to the farm, and that's the one that's in the kitchen. And then there's like a fridge and a deep freeze in the basement that we only plug in when we have a bunch of people there, which is almost never at this point, because, oh yeah, we got new fridge so we'll send the old one that still works out to the farm yeah so then continuing the house there you go through the kitchen you end up in a dining room with a china cabinet with china yes Yeah, so it's a big room, so it's two rooms put together. And yeah, there's a, it's like the dining room. We never really hung out there. That's where we put all our stuff or whatever. But to this day, we don't know where that china came from. Yeah, no one knows whose china it was. We ate on it once. We did, because Oma said that we could. Because you were like, we have china out here. And we've never used it. Oma, are we allowed to use this? Yeah, I don't care. And then continuing into that room, like I said, it's a long room. And there are there's some interesting furniture and this furniture is orange in color and fuzzy in texture 
the 70s called. They want their furniture back. And this furniture has a story, as you alluded to before. Basically, at some point, my dad was living with my oma and opa. So this was, he was in high school or something, maybe college, I don't know, maybe even earlier than that. So we're talking like the 80s, late 70s. He went furniture shopping with my opa. I don't know why your oma was not with them, why she entrusted them to this task. And without supervision? I don't know either. But my dad picked the couch out because it was long enough. My dad is 6'4", and this couch was long enough so that he could lay down. Without having to bend his knees. Without having to bend his knees. And that was the criteria for picking out this couch. And it had two matching chairs. So my grandparents, being the frugal people that they are, (laughs) they don't throw anything away. So as soon as they built this house, they're like, that can go out. So they brought it out. And that's pretty much the story of every piece of furniture. (laughs) out there yeah someone gets a new bed frame or we got a new mattress send the old one out to the farm because it's slightly nicer than the one that's out there new dresser fortunately they didn't really do it with dressers that much and Ann and kevin's room has a dresser they have two dressers and my parents have a dresser yeah but like when your parents got their new bedroom set like 10 years ago they didn't send the old bedroom set out to the farm no i mean like in 1993 when the house yeah but in 1993 that is how the house got furnished including the curtains like oh my god yeah like all of the curtains the windows so many curtains so many layers so confusing yeah and the house was decorated if you want to go into more detail wallpaper everywhere well not well, even, borders not even just wallpaper wall stencils too uh-huh. which my mom was really into the stenciling yeah because that was a thing for a hot second in the 90s for those of you who are old enough to remember that so continuing on you go to the back of the house through the room with the orange couches and to the left there's a bedroom and to the right there's a bedroom and then kind of to the right and then to the right again there's like a mini hallway and there's a bathroom a full bath with a with a tub and with a shower and a, a toilet and stuff and after that you go back through the room with the orange couch take a left and then you take a left again and then there's the quote master bedroom it was a decent room and they have their own full bath too but the bathroom is long it's very very long and they have you go through the door it's that there's a sink against the wall you turn right and then there's a is it a tub there's a bathtub with a shower head right and then right next to the bathtub with the shower head is a shower is it just a shower it's just a shower okay and then in the corner at the very end of that little strip the little hallway. It's a narrow bathroom, but it's very long. There's the, the toilet and stuff. It's kind of a, not a weird design, but they designed it specifically for that. I don't know what the reason was. I don't either. The only thing that I could imagine is that they had a lot of kids to bathe. Maybe. So they wanted to, I don't know. So that house has three and a half 
full baths, but has two bathtubs and two showers. So really it has four shower heads and two tubs because the master has a tub with a shower head and a shower. The back bathroom has a tub with a shower head. And then the basement bathroom has a shower so many i mean it's really handy if you have a large group of people there's plenty of places to go get clean so then you exit my own little buzz room and then you go down the hallway towards the side porch and there's a bathroom a half bath right there on the left and you go around the corner and then there's a stair there are the stairs to the basement and the basement is i guess it's unfinished Yes, it is an unfinished basement. But there's two sides of it. There's, yeah, there's like the utility half and then the, that's really like a quarter, if even that. And then there's the fun room. Yeah, so the entire basement spans the length of the house. So it doubles the house. Yep. And it has a storage room underneath the front porch, the porch that faces... Side porch. The side porch. The porch that faces the main road. We called that... So many porches. We called that the tornado room. Well, because that's one of the reasons why it exists is because you're in the middle of pretty flat land because we haven't quite gotten to Appalachia yet with all the hills. So you do need some kind of protection from tornadoes. And there have been a few times where we've had to call Ron and tell him, hey, go hang out in the tornado room. They mentioned all y'all. On the news for storms coming. But there's a, you called it the fun room before. Yep. That's because there's a pool table down there, a really nice pool table. It is really nice. uh, We used to, my cousins and I used to play on a lot and then we just stopped, you know, we just sat there for, for a long time. But it's still in really good condition. And then there's a random ping pong table, which we always used as like a beer pong table. Yeah, it was no longer (laughs) good for ping pong after like the fifth time we used it for beer pong. Yeah. So when we were old enough to drink and stuff, we would have parties out there. We'll get to that soon. And at the end of the basement, there's just a wall full of windows because... As we said earlier, my grandfather loved, he wanted to be a farmer because that's what he grew up as. And he loved planting flowers and he loved gardening. So that during the winter months, that was his green room. He would bring in all of his plants and he would set them on picnic tables. There's a picnic table down there too. And the sun would come through the windows and the plants wouldn't be freezing cold. And he would go out to the farm quite frequently to water them and make sure that they were still doing good. Mm -hmm. And then there's the back door. If you go through the back door and go down the hill a little bit, there's a shed and then there's a, a garden. It's not a huge garden, but my grandfather grew all kinds of stuff there. Peppers, tomatoes. I think cabbage, too. He grew lots of stuff. And that was his pride and joy. Throughout the years, he got really intense because he was retired. Yeah, at one point he had 150 head of cattle. Yeah, out a, at the a farm. lot of cattle. Like, he would go out there a couple of times a week. He didn't live there. That was always, like, you You might be wondering, like, if he wanted to be a farmer, why didn't he, why did he live in the city? I don't know. Don't, I never asked him that. I'm assuming it's because of the grandkids, because he was heavily involved with the, he had a lot of grandkids. Mm-hmm. My aunt and uncle had 
four kids total than my mom and dad. They have three kids. Yeah. Lots and lots of children running around. Yeah. So a lot of grandkids. I'm assuming that was the reason why they they decided to not live out there. Yeah. They wanted to be closer to you guys. And I don't I don't know if he could have lived that far away from the Donaschwaben as well because he was very active in the Donaschwaben. I mean, they'd stay out there for like a week at a time, I think, from time to time or at least for a few nights in a row. But yeah, they never quite lived out there. But they had so many clothes in the closet. Every time you opened a closet, it was, oh, hey, I found like 10 pairs of shoes. Oh, hey, I found 30 shirts. They had nightgowns out there. Yeah. So moving on to what did we do when we get when we went out there? Growing up, like in the 90s and the early 2000s, the farm was a place where we would occasionally go out as a family and we would go out into the fields and stuff, see the cows. They would always come when my grandfather, when my opa called them. It was amazing. Like, you know, we would, they, they would always do it without fail. So we would always go out and see the cows. Sometimes we would work, but not... Nothing super intense. It'd be like maintaining fence lines. Not when I was, not so much when I was younger, though. We would eat lunch there. Sometimes we would spend the night. I remember several times spending the night. We would have a fire in that fireplace in the main room there. I mean, you can heat almost the whole house with that fireplace, even though the house, well, you can heat half the house because the house is so long. Yeah, and we did. There was a a fan, and I think we also did a... Because we went out in the winter. Mm -hmm. I I remember that, too. I remember roasting marshmallows out there. I remember watching George of the Jungle. On the TV. Yeah, on the TV there. And like I said, that TV hasn't changed (laughs) nope it's the same tv i remember being frustrated because the university of cincinnati was in the ncaa tournament i don't know what year that what this was i must have been like the fourth grade maybe and they were in the second round and they were playing ucla and they lost in double overtime pretty sure it was double overtime it was either double or triple overtime it was ridiculous and i remember being frustrated because there we didn't have smartphones phones we didn't have i don't think we had a portable radio i don't think it was even on the radio i mean this was basketball we tried to get it on the tv and it it was all staticky but i could just make out the final score and it was it's a double overtime and we lost um so i was very frustrated that one we lost two i didn't get to see the game and then later the cousins they went to high school they got a life, a social life. Then I went into high school. I was in marching band. We Things got crazy. We couldn't go out as a family. But we would always go out, usually, for the 4th of July because we have a lot of summer birthdays. I mean, when you have like 50,000 people in your family. Born in June. Yeah. yeah, just born in June. Yeah, we have quite a few people born in June and then one in July. So we would always go out on or near the 4th of July. Sometimes we would have fireworks. And even when you came along, we did that occasionally. Not every year. No, we did one or two after I came into the picture, but they kind of started dwindling off. Just We had so many people. We were running out of like just floor for people to sleep on. And every house had at least two dogs. Some houses had three or more dogs and everyone would bring their dogs with them because we can do that and we should do that. 
And there'd be the farm dogs too. Too, yeah. So it was just, I don't even know if I could say controlled chaos. It was chaos. It was lots of fun, but you'd constantly be looking out for kids or dogs. Yeah. Or just trying to find a spot where you could just sit to breathe for 30 seconds. We had a little pool that we would wash the dogs in. Yeah. It was an assembly line. So many dogs. Uh, but speaking of dogs, the Ludwig family, my immediate family we got two dogs well my immediate family plus you Mm-hmm. Together, we got two dogs that were born out there. The first dog was Penny. She was a chocolate lab, and she was born out there. And Penny's mom was, um, was a yeller? I don't know now. This was before my time, so I don't know. I just know that Penny was more of a farm dog than Clara is. Yeah, because Penny was a, was a chocolate lab. She was born out, like I said, she was born out in the farm. And she loved to swim. Yeah, like, she was a very big water dog. She lived to be... 16 years old that sounds about right yeah and she every time we would go out there she up until maybe like 14 years old she would always swim go out and swim and then of course clara we got her out she was born in the farm literally born in a barn would not know it by the way she acts Nope. Her mom was Jellybean. Jellybean was like part lab, part hound, which is how we got Clara. We don't know who Clara's father is. Nope. And based on the other puppies, it's very hard to tell. They're so different. Yeah, all of the dogs are so different. And it's like half the litter seem like they might have one dad and half of the litter has another dad or just genetics are weird. So dogs are, all the dogs are a little bit different. Yeah, Clara's really lean and and tall and like all of the other dogs are kind of chunky right yeah so they, it's like they got the lab and then if it's a lab i don't know and then clara got the hound yeah she's just like pure coon hound which is really weird because she's like even jelly bean was a mutt so i don't know but yeah so clara was a farm dog we went out to visit the farm on my birthday because we were told oh hey there are puppies out at the farm okay let's go snuggle puppies and then we got clara but we would that was back when we we would occasionally do like just day trips up to the farm. For the most part, in my time, we always would do weekend trips. Like we'd go up on Friday and come back on Sunday. Because even though it was only an hour and a half drive, you have to bring so much stuff with you. You mean with the friends or with the family? Both. Because you have to bring so much stuff with you because you have to bring all of your food. It was just kind of easier if we were going to stay at least a night there to make it really worth the drive. But as y'all got older, we started doing more like party things out at the farm. Yeah, but first I wanted to briefly talk about because i missed it when i was little we would always go in the hayloft as well there was a hayloft in the main barn because ticks are fun y'all got really lucky i don't think we got we had ticks as much at one point we had a horse out there too Mm -hmm. but like i said no one lived out there well there was the caretaker but my opa didn't live out there so he couldn't ride the horse and that's really bad for horses yeah horses need to be kept up with their training or they kind of their hooves can get infected but yeah we we grew hay and we bailed it and i guess that's what the that's what the cows ate and during the winter months they stored it in the hayloft in the main barn and there was also we called it the uh, quote other farm but it really it was the same farm it was just the back half of the property yeah so we would to get there we would have to drive so we would have to leave go up the long driveway and then turn right and then we would have to drive to get there 
Then there's this big barn, huge barn, probably the size of, of the of the house. Like it was huge, but just empty space. And they would store hay there too. And of course, that was as a little kid, that's where we would really get involved in the hay. You know, we would climb up in the hay and stuff. Mm-hmm. I almost died, apparently. I Allegedly. I don't remember this, but I must have been, what, five or four or something. And my dad was right there. And the, the way the hay is stacked, I mean, I'm not talking. They stacked it up almost to the ceiling, but not quite. Probably 20 feet up. It's a pretty big barn. 15. Have you been there? 15 feet up. Oh, the back barn? That one's a bit shorter. That one's probably like 15 feet high. The The main barn, that one's like 20. 25 feet tall. Yeah, they would stack the the hay from floor to almost ceiling. Mm-hmm. So I'm not talking, you know, six feet. I'm talking like 15, 20 feet tall. And the way the hay bales were stacked, sometimes there was a gap. So little Joey was crawling on the top of the hay. My dad was right there. And all of a sudden, I disappeared. And my dad dived and grabbed me so I wouldn't. He grabbed you by your overalls. I guess. So I wouldn't disappear forever. But really, I wouldn't have disappeared forever because the way the haste was stacked there was always like a you know yeah you cross you cross your layers yeah there was always it's not like i would have dropped 20 feet i would have just dropped below eyesight but my dad dived and saved me Mm -hmm. and also speaking of hay we had tractors out there too and we had a trailer and we would always usually have some kind of hay ride we had many of hay rides out there but going to the modern history of the farm as you were getting to we used to party out there well when you're in the middle of nowhere you've got plenty of bathrooms plenty of floor space for people to crash and you don't want to have to worry about what's going to happen to your friends hopping between bars and whether or not you're going to lose people you can just all get wasted out in the middle of nowhere and not have to worry about anybody driving or getting lost or anything like that but you had your 21st birthday out there well yeah so the as the cousins got older they'd have birthday parties out there i had my 21st first birthday party out at the farm where I got to drive the big blue tractor with the hay wagon on it and learn how to drive a a stick shift and almost kill half the family in the process. Your grandpa went out there too. Yeah, you all survived. It was fine. We would go out there for parties. As we developed our friends group, we started going out there on a semi-regular basis with our friends. Pre-kids, we would let the dogs run around. Occasionally, we would go out there just the two of us, though that only happened like twice, maybe, with the dogs. And I remember one time we went out there and we let Zoe and Clara out. We're like, okay, go have fun. We'll see you in like 20 minutes. Normally, they stay around the house. And I'm like... Joe, have you seen the dogs recently? This was when Clara was a puppy. Yeah, this is when Clara was a puppy. And you're like, no, like I haven't really seen him either. So I go outside, yell for the dogs. Don't see anybody. Don't hear anybody. I'm like, well, this is weird. Well, they know where we are. They'll come back. So I start doing some dishes in the kitchen, which the window in the kitchen lets me look down the driveway so you can see who's coming and going. And then I notice Zoe trotting down the driveway, coming up towards the house. I'm like, oh, hey, wait, where's your sister? So I go outside to get Zoe so I can bring her in the house before she starts to run off again. And a fool, like two minutes later, Clara comes trotting up the driveway. And so I'm like, okay, hey, Zoe, what were you doing with your sister? Did you just try to like Mufasa your sister (laughs) and shove her into traffic? (laughs) Like, what are you doing? And so we started going on hikes for with our friends with dogs. 
and started to bring them out to the farm. So we would let the dogs run outside. We would go play board games, just generally hang out, not do anything too wild. Eat good food. Eat really yummy food because everybody would be in charge of a different meal. How many dogs was that? So we had we had two dogs. And then... The most we've had out there at a time, I think, like was just our friends group, I think is five. Yeah. I think the least we've had out Jade there is came. like three. Jade oh, came. Jade came once. So I think maybe we've had six out. Yeah. And for the most part, the dogs stay around the house and the pond. Zoe's always the troublemaker. Our dogs don't swim. No, our dogs don't swim. Zoe likes to get herself wet. And then Zoe also likes to follow her nose. Clara does too, but not to the extent Zoe does. Clara is more interested in what we're doing. Zoe is more interested in where her nose can take her and what food is on the other end. She just likes to wander. And Zoe and Clara, they're very different than what I'm used to growing up because Penny and her half-brother, Max, they were obsessed with that pond. Mm -hmm. They didn't go, they weren't trained necessarily, but they, they didn't, they were obsessed with that pond. So they didn't, I guess they didn't feel the need to wander in the cow pasture as Zoe does. Zoe's just not interested in the water. All the sniffs, Dad. All of the sniffs. And then Clara, God forbid she gets her princess feet wet. God forbid she has to spend 20 minutes outside with dogs, not around people. Yeah, she doesn't even like being outside. She begs to come hang out inside with us. Just a very, very different experience with (laughs) Zoe and Clara. As we added on to our family, the we didn't necessarily go out to the farm the last two years as much as we normally do because trying to get out there with Lily was a bit tricky. We were still figuring out how to navigate that. And then it was, well, you can't play as many board games because now you got to watch a kid. But I have a really cute photo of Lily playing in the middle of a dog pen <laughs> with all of the dogs outside of the pen staring at her because before Lily was super mobile, we went out to the farm and I brought a dog pen and I just put Lily in the dog pen more to keep the dogs out than to keep Lily in. Yeah. Because our friends' dogs hadn't really dealt with infants before. So we wanted to give them, hey, we can see each other. We can sniff each other. We can see what everybody's doing, but we're not all up in each other's business. Right. And then we tried to teach Lily to sit and roll over. (laughs) It didn't really work though. Didn't you put her in a bag and then swing her? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Quote, quote. I don't even remember how that came about. All I know is that I had a Snapchat. It was video. The first video was Lily and one of those big. And a big shopping, like a big reusable shopping bag. Yeah. And then the next video was of Caroline or was it Hillary or. One of us was violently swinging the bag around and banged it into a door frame. I don't remember any of the context, though. <laughs> no, I don't. But it was funny. Lily was not in the bag at, when they started swinging it, but they made it seem like she was. It was pretty funny. Yeah. But I have pictures of me out at the farm when I was pregnant with Lily. I have pictures of me out at the farm when I was pregnant with Elliot. Now we have photos of both of the kids out there and both of them have been on equipment, but they won't get to grow up out there the same way that you have yeah so that there's spotty cell service out there there's no hardwire internet there is city water because i don't think they have yeah we don't have a well there's no well yeah but so, so somehow they paid for the city water to come out there from the street i guess and then there is telephone wire too because we used to have a telephone out there 
Yeah. To this day, there are at least, Lily was playing with one telephone, and then there was a telephone <laughs> in my parents' room that she was obsessed with, but for some reason that plugged into the wall and you couldn't unplug it. It, it, was, it was hardwired in. Yeah, it was weird. And then there was a black phone out there once upon a time. I, I was always wondering, like, why do we have so many phones out here? <laughs> like, who are we going to call? But I guess in the age of... Back in the 90s, you no didn't cell have phones. a cell phone. Yeah, so there's no telephone pole. So I guess they had to... They're probably underground wires. Yeah, they had to dig and, and set all that up. But they didn't They didn't do the internet. They didn't see the need to do that. Um, as, as time went on, the self-service got better. For a while, it was just garbage. I mean, it's still not great, but you can get enough signal to do stuff. But you wanted to tell the story of our first quote cabin in the woods oh yeah but start with the brewery so we would go to old firehouse brewing on our way out to the farm because it's in i need to look at a map because i just forgot few moments later williamsburg yeah so we would go out to old williamsburg to go to old firehouse brewing to grab a beer and get some pizza from the restaurant across the street from the brewery on our way in because they were dog friendly it was a decent place to stop on our way home from on our way to the farm and it would make sure it would give us a place to all meet up so we could caravan into the farm because at the time google would take you to not our driveway and that can be very problematic in the middle of the night in the middle of nowhere where people will be more likely to greet you with shotguns than cake if they don't know who you are so we ate dinner we were getting ready to drive out to the farm we call ron and we say hey we're on our way we're going to be there in about 20 minutes because we're about to hit mount orob and he says hey we don't have any power <laughs> like are you guys sure you want to come out here and we're like well we're already on our way so yeah we're going to be there we stop at kroger to get some flashlights some candles and some ice and i think this was like the first or second time that our friends had gone out to the farm with us so they are like they have no idea what to expect they're not fully prepared for like what will be greeting them when we get there and we show up and Ron is in the process of trying to figure out how to attach a generator to the furnace so we can still heat the house because it was the end of October so it was a little chilly outside we were like well we'll be fine like we only we'll only get really worried if we don't have power in the morning yeah we didn't have kids we didn't have kids we only we had dogs that were all pretty self-sufficient at that point so we weren't super worried about it but like we're going in and normally there's at least a few lights on like on the driveway or on the barns and there was nothing. So we go in and everything's dark. We're doing everything by flashlight. We're doing everything by candlelight. And the power finally kicks in probably about 11 o'clock at night, like right before they think they were going to get the furnace running. Yeah, we almost got it. Yeah, they um, or they had like just gotten it and then the power kicked on. So it didn't really matter anyway. Yeah. So we make it through that first night. We shove everything into the fridge because we, we didn't have to keep it in our coolers anymore. And we wake up in the morning and the, the farm is covered in dense fog. <laughs> <laughs> and our friends are like, we're going to die out here, aren't we? <laughs> like maybe no no it's fine like it's chill it'll get better we promise and they still kept coming out with us every year yeah they did so we would do our annual cabin in the woods sometimes twice a year well so we go out there twice a year we'd usually go out once in the fall and then once in the spring and in our in the fall we would call it cabin in the woods Side note, Paradise Brewing purchased Old Firehouse. Yeah, and they're getting on they're working on opening up as their own shtick there. But yes, yeah, so our most recent event at the farm was called This is the End. Cabin in the Woods Final Edition. Everyone made it through. 
we did. And we're sad to see the place go. We have lots of really good memories there, but it's time to say goodbye. All right. So that is all about Meadowbrook Ranch. All right. So now I have a farm related dad joke of the week. Are you ready for this? Do we have to? Yes. I guess so. (laughs) All right. So what do you call a grumpy cow? I don't know. What? Moody. I'm about to get moody with you. (laughs) That does it for this week's show. Thanks so much for listening. We want to hear from you. If you have ideas for show topic, if you have comments about a previous show, maybe you liked it, or perhaps you learned something new. There are many ways to get in touch with us. Send us an email at craftparentingpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at craftparentingpodcast to get updates on when episodes have dropped, see pictures of our adorable kids, and more. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Make sure to share the show with your friends, family, your neighbor down the street. It's what helps our show grow. You can also send us stuff to our awesome P.O. box. And all of this information is on our website, which is www.craftparentingpodcast.com. So go check it out. That's where we post the show notes. Plus, we've been writing tons of blog posts about some of the stuff that doesn't make it into the podcast. And we have new content, new blog posts every Tuesday and Saturday. And of course, the podcast is every Thursday. If you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe to the show. We are listed on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about every podcast app out there. And with that, I'm Joe. And I'm Caroline. See you next time on the Craft Parenting Podcast. Okay, we're doing a sound check now. Oh, I thought that's what we were doing. <laughs> you have to say words in a sound check. Um, like kumquat, pumpernickel, sasquatch, sarsaparilla. Test, test, um, test, test. Amazing fullness. <laughs>